0: Transfer news. <claps> Unlikely. I, hey, that's not what I wrote. I don't really care. We're going with it now. All right, soccer Today new bracket America. America. <laughs> soccer new bracket America. Featuring it Do about soccer lots. Hello and welcome to episode 127 of Soccer Noob Rock in America, featuring Person Noob, who we will not be hearing a greeting from this particular time, because she has put herself to sleep a little bit earlier than I was expecting tonight. That works out just as well. This is going to be just a slightly abbreviated version of this particular show. The research is still there. We're going to do all of our usual mini match previews. We're going to cut things a little bit shorter than you used to hearing and a couple other little But it's still going to be lots of fun Most importantly, we're going to be doing match mini previews from all over the world Any country, any confederation, top flight leagues, big tournaments, big national teams Nothing isn't on our radar, if I can use the double negative We're going to be covering matches this particular week Covering from the 17th through the 23rd here in March With no further ado, let's jump right in with March number one Nothing from Friday's Slight of World matches was quite bright or shiny enough to catch Team Noob's attention, so we start... In Major League Soccer on Saturday for match number one, here's the format. The top nine, that is an expansion from a year ago, teams from each of the two conferences will make the playoffs. In terms of international play, the two two conference winners and the next best team overall in the aggregate standings between the two conferences will all earn berths into the CONCACAF Champions League. Those won't be the only U.S. teams to go, but those are the ones that will get berths from actual league play. Your matchup that we're going to look at, number one in the West, St. Louis City, versus number five in the Western Conference, San Jose Earthquakes. It is way too early in the season to really be worrying about the table, but these are two teams that uh, for different reasons we weren't expecting to be here at the top of the table hence the reason is the most intriguing match in the league in our opinion you can catch it on major league soccer pass on apple tv if you've got it and that is at 8:30 in the evening eastern time here in the states st louis if you don't know much about them that is because they are brand spanking new more or less at least a major league soccer st louis city 2 played in Major League Soccer Next Pro last year, which is a third division league for Major League Soccer reserve team. So they had a two team, but didn't have a one or Major League Soccer team. Now they do. They've got one of each. Last year, they won the regular season Western Conference in the Next Pro division, made it all the way to the playoff finals before succumbing to the Capybaras of Columbus. They have the number one offense going in the league, or rather they do this year so far very early on, eight goals out of three games. Their defense is looking pretty average at best so far. They've given up four goals of the three games. Overall, the third best goal differential, looking good so far for a brand new team. Uh, the best offensive player that they've got going is Joao Klaus, in my opinion. He is their Brazilian striker. He's been playing for teams like uh, Saint Truiden and Standard Liège over in Belgium, top-flight clubs, if not exactly title contenders, the last couple of years. And then tied for second best assists on the year with two so far is Edward Lewin. He is from Germany. Their attacking midfielder. Uh, So far, and again, it's awfully early to be looking at this, but using Mob, the uh, app that I like a great deal, he is currently the second-rated player in all of major league soccer. He's also got a goal on the year. He's an okay passer for a centrally uh, located player. Great tackler. He comes over from, also ran in the Bundesliga in Germany, Hertha Berlin. They are perfect so far on the year, 3-0-0. And now your visitors, San Jose Earthquakes. I had forgotten this. They've actually won a couple of major league titles. The only problem is it's been 20 years since the last one. 2003, they were charter members of the league going all the way back to the 1990s, and they have not been very good since Snoop has been following uh, soccer the last few years. Hence the reason I'm so surprised that they had any kind of success in their past. They've also won the Supporters' Shield twice. That goes to the trophy that goes to the team with the best record in the regular season overall in the league. Their last won that a little bit more recently, 2012. But their best finish in the last few years, sixth place in the West, just barely above average. That was in 2017. 2013-14, they had their best CONCACAF Champions League appearance, made it to the quarterfinals. That might have been their only one as well, come to think of it. Last year, last place in the Western Conference, number 14. Uh, This year so far, they're pretty well balanced, it would seem. Top five offense and defense, four goals and three assists for a top five goal differential. Tied for second best in league scoring so far with just two. Jeremy Ebobise, he is their striker. He came over from Portland Timbers. excuse me, Portland Timbers last year. And he has repped for the USA men's national team. I believe it was at the youth level, but take that with a grain of salt. I know that now, as far as the senior level, he has switched over to Cameroon where he's got family lineage, but I don't think he's made any senior appearances for them yet. And then their best player so far overall on the year, and tied for number one in the league on assists with a couple of those is uh, Christian Espinoza from Argentina, their uh, right winger. He's also got a goal, pretty accurate call- crosser, and that's with a lot of volume so far. He's been launching three of those per game. Villarreal over in uh, the top flight in Spain, La Liga, had the rights for him to years, but I think they largely loaned him out, and I know he didn't make any senior team appearances. So far, San Jose, they are 2-0-1 on the season. Match number B. Listen to the Child of Wisdom. Number two, yuck, bathroom talk. Number B, the much more polite and civilized way to go listen to it in action. Match number B is another Saturday match. This time, much closer to home, a Liga MX, where they are in the Klausura stage, or the second of the two stages or seasons that make up the soccer year in Mexico and so many Latin American countries. They're a little bit over halfway through this single round-robin stage. Now, domestically... The top 12 teams are all going to make the playoffs. The top four will get by straight through to the quarterfinals. In terms of the regular season, that is where they determine which teams will go on to the CONCACAF Champions League. The stage winners, the runners-up, and the next best, all five of those teams ultimately will go to the CONCACAF Champions League. Your matchup, it is a dandy. Number three, t T-Grace, playing host to number one, Monterey, The series between these two. Has been very even. T Grace have accrued a slight advantage with a 13, 12, and 11 record in recent years. You can catch this iteration on TUDN at 9:05 Eastern Time here in the US. T Grace. They play for Universidad Autónoma de Nueva León, U-A-N-L, as they are equally commonly known, as well as Tigres. And this is quite a rivalry because that is in the Monterey area. They play in the state of Nueva León. Monterey is the metro. The city is San Nicolás de Garza. Uh, They've won seven league titles. It's been a couple of three years. Uh, 2019 Clausura was the last time. But, boy, they've had success since then. They won the Champions League in 2020. Currently, they're in the round of 16, and last I looked, they had drawn 1-1 versus Orlando. Now they'll have to go on the road and see if they can improve on that result. In the 2022-2023 Apertura stage, they finished in fifth place and got to the playoff quarterfinals. This particular time, the offense... It's a little bit better than average. You're not getting a goal and a half per game even, but the defense is where they are stalwarts, only giving up three quarters of a game per match. Number four goal differential to me indicates that, yes, this is a team that we should be able to expect to. May or may not be able to hang on or compete, I should say, for the number one spot, but they should be able to stay in that top four. Today, getting a result at home and going a long way to proving that theory. Key player for them. Top 10 in league scoring with five on the stage is Andre Pierre Gignac. French striker who played for League One clubs before coming over here in 2015. He's also made 36 French national team appearances. I don't think he's done that for a year or three though. Team's current form they are 1-1-1 and in their last three. And now, not having too long of a road trip, Monterey, the Steamroller, five league titles. Their last one was also in 2019. Naturally that means they won in the Apertura stage. They have won five CONCACAF Champions League titles. 2021 was the last time. This is your uh, first among equals of several powers within this league. All their titles, by the way, have been since 2010-2011 for Champions League. In the 2022-2023 Apertura stage, they finished in second place and got to the playoff semifinals this year. The offense is what they are bringing across town Uh, they are getting two goals per match and they are the only team doing that right now and they've got a top four defense to go with that number one goal differential number one in the league probably number one in your hearts or if not perhaps they should be so would agree the man who is tied number two in whoops oh i lost my kuth card uh, Number B in league scoring with eight on the stage is Rogelio. Funes Mori who I hope will Forgive me for that slip of the tongue their Argentinian forward He's actually got a twin brother who plays Defender uh, for league MX side Cruz Azul makes me wonder if they Just flipped a coin to see who was Going to play on which side of the ball and this way They could just practice one against the other Constantly uh, he's got 17 men's national appearances by The way to his credit as well but I think that the best or most valuable Player that they have going is on the defensive Side even though their offense over all is a little bit better they really rely on their left back to shut things down uh, jesus gallardo one goal uh three a six homegrown left back who's a good tackler dribbler and really really great on clearances team's current form they have been looking just about unstoppable nine one and oh for the stretch recently match number three that match we were closer to home this match at least if you live where I do, now we are home, the United States, and we're going to take a look at a match from the opening week here of the third division league in the States, USL League One. And the most interesting matchup across the country looks to be a club called One Knoxville, which is making their debut in League One. They've been a League Two team previously versus absolutely brand new club and the closest professional club to where I live now, Lexington SC So they travel on the road for the first one I'm beyond excited for excited for this But I don't have a lot of Really match preview stuff At least in the form that we usually give it For you on either of these teams So why not take this as the time To take a break from the previewing And learn how we want to gamble On this and to do that As always we will turn to our 3500 year old In house prognosticator Noob Stradamus What do you have for us, oh mighty divinator and old-timer? Greetings from the Thracian plains of Greece. Ah, the earth tones of the lotus leaf help me once again to travel through space and time. Whee! Noob, one Knoxville will score one. I have seen and I have spoken. You know, I'd mentioned off air to Nuobstradamus that abbreviation was sort of the theme for this episode and all, but I really thought we'd get more than a half score and know who he might think was going to win or lose. I mean, what happened to, what happened to touching the infinite beyond with his holy mind and all those things? drug addled or drug aided things that he does oh well i guess i better be careful what i wish for in the future match Match number four and for our last saturday match you'll probably want to pack a carry-on luggage as well as something to stow away in the cargo hold we are going a long ways the ofc champions league national playoffs are on Here's the format uh, for this particular Champions League from Oceania, by the way. That's what the O stands for. So a lot of the island states in the South Pacific. One of the four teams from the bottom four rated leagues out of the 11, they had their own little mini tournament qualified for the main event that's going to be coming up. Now, the seven best leagues in Oceania, the top two clubs from this group have been playing a home and away uh, round robin, for a group stage burst, so two clubs from each of those countries, the first and second best play off to see who the other seven teams are going to be in the Champions League proper. everybody is done actually have been for several weeks with for some reason with the exception here of New Zealand. So we are going to talk about New Zealand, specifically Auckland City, this time playing host to Wellington Olympic, leg one when it was at Wellington. Uh, they only managed a 1-1 draw. They're up up against it. Auckland City is the major power in this region now, not just this country. Auckland City, they play out of Auckland, of course, but very specifically an interesting sub, interesting suburb called uh, Sandringham, about 12,000 people there, but it is really cultural li- culturally diverse, and in particular, you've got a large South Asian population. I don't know that the players on the team specifically reflect that same diversity or not one way or the other, but that's kind of the makeup for the area that they represent. By the way, they are your defending champions, not just of this country, but of the uh, OFC Champions League. They've won 10 titles since 2006. Obviously, the majority of those have been since Australia left in 2009 because the biggest clubs are all from there for the most part. By the way, uh, not just internationally, but super internationally, if you will, the FIFA Club World Cup, they actually finished in third place in 2014. I would not have guessed that a team had gotten nearly that far far before from this region before doing my research. This year, they qualified as the 2022 New Zealand National League champions. The 2023 league hasn't started yet. The 2022 season, they start off in that country. All the teams play in three separate regional leagues. Auckland City won the Northern League by 11. Then um, a bunch of those teams, two or three from each of those uh, regional leagues, move on to a championship phase Auckland City won the championship phase as well on head to head tiebreaker versus Wellington. Things were really even between the two this year. In fact, Auckland City, to my surprise, only had the second best offense, defense, and goal differential. It's actually Wellington that statistically are a little bit the better team. Key player to look for, top 10 in league scoring from the championship phase, Emiliano Tade, uh, forward 35 years old. 2019, he played for an even bigger league in South Africa, played for Mamlodi Sundowns, so one of the really great clubs from that country. Interesting history for him. He actually uh, moved to New Zealand from where he was originally from because he was going to be a lawyer. And then somebody talked him into just you know trying out for one of the teams, and uh, he's been playing professional football ever since. Now, Wellington Olympic, they too play in a suburb to the south of Wellington proper called Burampore. It's got maybe four, uh, it's just a little bit south, maybe two miles of the city proper. They are known as the Greeks. The club was formed by Greek immigrants many decades ago, and it is still supported by uh, the Greek immigrants and their progeny there and has a lot of Greek players as well. They really try to maintain that heritage. This, congratulations to them, is their first OFC appearance, even though the club was started almost 75 years ago. They qualified, of course, as the runner-up out of the National League. They won their Central League by five before moving on to the championship round. In that championship round, number one across the board. In fact, they had the best goal differential by a factor of two over Auckland City. But when the two of them played, it was Auckland City that won 3-0. Key player to look for for this side, one of those uh, Greek gentlemen, although I believe he was born here in New Zealand, so Greek in heritage anyway. Nine goals on the championship phase for Gianni Bozokis. Match number five. And now begins your Sunday with match number five. We're off to do some minnow fishing in the FA Cup in England, which has reached its quarterfinal stage. And minnow watching, as usual, will mean that we are looking for the lowest sort of seeded team, if you will, left in this knockout bracketed tournament over in England. Where it started, just for those of you who were newer, teams from every level had entered at various stages, from the top level, of course, the Premier League, all the way down through the 10th level, where I believe probably all the teams are fully amateur at this stage, we are left with, for the second week in a row, a team from the Tier 4 League called League 2, represented by Grimsby Town. They did not get to re- get the better of the figurative or literal coin flip, whichever way they do it, and they are traveling on the road this time to play a somewhat mediocre Premier League team, but a Premier League team nonetheless, Brighton and Hove Albion. But since we talked about Grimsby Town the last time we did the FA Cup, I think this is a nice point to take a break for Person Noob Animal segment. But I'm recording very late. Person Noob is not here. And as we know, this is the abbreviated version. She's actually asleep, like only about five feet behind me. She sleeps like the dead. So don't worry that I'm disturbing her too much. So I'll do the theme song, Aminals animals from around the world and your face and other places. All right. So this is the segment where we always do some sort of endangered animal. But you know what? This is the abbreviated version. So for our animal segment, I will tell you about a tradition that I found out for Grimsby Town. They are known officially, I believe, as the Mariners, but they have uh, sort of what look like Christian fishes, I think, but just like facing the opposite uh, direction, perhaps, as part of their overall crest. And it turns out that fans of Grimsby Town love to carry to home and probably to away matches as well. Very large inflatable fish. I don't know that they are a particular kind of fish. And if I did know, I have a feeling they wouldn't be endangered ones or that would probably be the mascot. Good luck to them. We hope we get to talk some more about their inflatable fishes next time on Aminos, Aminos, Aminos from around the world on the abbreviated session. Uh, the Kitten Sounder. The Felines, they are always demanding a recap of last week's matches with brevity. The Lord bless and keep them for it. Match number one was a Saturday match last week from Major League Soccer. Number 14 in the East, Charlotte, took on number four in the East, Atlanta. Atlanta dropped the hammer, got an L 3 win. Tiago Omano had an assist on the game-winning goal guy. We said to look for that moves Atlanta up to number one in the East, and Charlotte down in the last place. Match number B, uh, opening matches from the USL Championship. We looked it up pass a locomotive hosting sacramento fc and it was the republic of sacramento getting a 0 one win russell ciceroni possible man in the match we said to look for he had the game-winning goal match number three we went across the to the czech republic we're in the first league number one slavia prague was taking on number b victoria Pielsen. it was slavia getting a two-one win that knocked peels down to number three sunday match number four From the Premier League in Lebanon, Uh, bear with me on this one. Last match of the season, number B, Al-Ansar versus number one, al Ahed. A-H-E-D. The result was a suspended match. Here's what happened. Fans started rioting after an equalizing goal was ruled to not count. Uh, Ansar had a 3-2 lead at the time. So as the visitors who started rioting, also a fan got arrested who tried to enter the stadium with about eight minutes left in the match. Apparently that's a giant no-no, probably uh, for safety, hooliganism, hooliganism, all that sort of thing. And then the rioting ended up continuing inside and outside the stadium. Uh, I read a couple different conflicting things shortly after uh, the match was suspended. One source indicated that... Uh, they were simply going to let the results stand, another source didn't see, addressed the entire match, but they didn't say what the end result was going to end up being. I can't believe that they'll let that count. But then again, I am a new, What do I know. But here's why it's so important. These two teams, this is the last game of the season for them, and if they finish in a draw, it's actually number three on that won their last game of the season, that leapfrogs them both to win. So, for example, if they simply decide that both sides sides or fans of both sides were at fault here they may simply not let any result happen and may not replay the game in which case congratulations al Neshma! and remember there's only one afc champions league berth on the line in this league all right Got it. Good. Match number five from Monday was from the FA Cup in Scotland. We had a couple of underdogs playing against one another. Tier three Falkirk versus tier two Air United. And it was Falkirk getting the two one win for Air United. He opened the scoring in the game for Falkirk. Colin Wilson had the equalizing goal and penalty kick. These were their two stars Tuesday. Match number six, UEFA's Champions League round of 16, second leg of the home and away two-legged ties, was played between Porto and Inter Milan. And they played to a nil 0 draw, and that helped out Inter Milan because they won the first game 1-0 at their place, so they advanced to the next round on aggregate. Match number seven from the Champions League here in Pocket Cap, round of 16, second leg between Austin FC and Violette out of Haiti that actually somehow got a 3-0 win versus the Major League Soccer side in the first leg of this when they played in the Dominican Republic. Austin won this particular game, Sebastian Giussi, their starhead, Abrasive goals. But those were the only goals they got. They won 2-0. That is not enough. Dielette win overall and. 2-3 to three on aggregate and advance amazingly to the next round. Wednesday, match number 8 from the South American Champions League, where they call it the Copa Libertadores. Third qualifying round, second leg between Atletico Monaro and uh, Milonarios, and it was the favorites. AMG getting a 3-1 win. Hulk had a goal for AMG. Love that nickname. Thursday, match number 9 from UEFA's Europa League. Round of 16, second leg between Hungary's Ferencvaros and the Bundesliga of Germany, providing competition in Bayern. Leverkusen, Baron Svaros got the win 1-0, but that wasn't enough to catch up with Bayer Leverkusen on aggregate. They had won the first game 2-0. They will advance to the next round. Match number 10, from the Europa Conference League, the tertiary tournament there in Europe, around a 16-second leg between Slovakia's Slovan Bratislava and Basel out of Switzerland. They played to a 2-2 draw. Both matches actually went that way. So they went to penalty Kicks, and it was the Swiss side. Basel advancing 1-4. And now bonus matches with explanations coming later. Your route of the week was a Sunday match from the National Division in Luxembourg between number one Swift, Esperange and number 16 Zella Edelbrook. They played to a 2-2 draw. Not so much of a route after all, was it? You got it wrong, but that's okay. We forgive you and we love you. Thank you for voting in the polls. Uh, for Swift, Esperange. Ryan Philippe had a goal. Guy was said to look for. No change in the table, despite the fact that there was kind of an upset there. Most meaningless match of the world was a Sunday match from Lee got Portugal where number 11 Rio Ave took on number 10 Gil Vicente and it was Rio Ave getting a 2-1 win. Uh, The most meaningless player or average statistically for Rio Ave, their goalkeeper Jonathan uh, he was the player of the match. He had five saves, including a safe penalty kick. Good on him. That moves Rio Ave up to number eight and drops Gil Vicente down to number 12. And then finally, the match of disappointed, the Saturday match from the Premier League in Mongolia. Number 10, Khongoran, taking on number nine, Ulaanbaatar City. Appropriately, they played to a very disappointing nil-nil draw, although that was good enough to move Ulaanbaatar City up to number eight. That concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's get back to tracking the upcoming weeks matches with match number six more sunday more fa cup more england but this time we head over to the women's side of the ball where there are only two second-tier clubs remaining. Those are from the league called the Championship. The top flight, where all the other teams alive are from, is the Women's Super League. And your matchup is a team I'd never heard of before. Uh, Given that this is the abbreviated version, I didn't look up how to pronounce it. It's L-E-W-E-S. Might be Lewis, might be Lewis. Not sure. But they are playing host to top flight team, Manchester United. And that's one of the three very, very good ones in the top flight. Lewis is lucky to have this at home I still don't think they're going to have much of a shot But hey, we love upsets And here's the hoping A little something about the town and the club The town is in the county of Sussex In the southwest part of the country as many 20,000 people Very progressive in a lot of different ways They've got their own currency The lose pound In part, it's a touristy thing But They also really do use this all over their own small city there. It's supposed to help with self-sufficiency both now and in the future as regards to problems they see economically related to climate change and a possible phenomenon called peak oil. So here's to hoping that all works out for them, I suppose. I don't understand all of it. I'll let you go down your own rabbit hole to find out more on your Google's machine. The team, they are called the Rooks. And in 2017, they became the first professional or semi professional club in England or maybe anywhere, I'm not sure, to pay men's and women's players exactly the same. And yes, they do have a men's club. If you're not familiar with it, that's okay. Neither was I once again. They are all the way down in the seventh team, not even a, or seventh tier, not even a league of national scope. So their women's side is having more success. They just got promoted to the second division in 2018. Based on the league they're from, that means that they got to or had to enter at the third of the five qualifying rounds. Last round, they beat Tier 4 Cardiff City 6-1. to They have yet to play a team that is at their own level or higher within the league. Here in the 2022-23 league season They're in 7th place No thanks to their offense though They've got the worst one in the league That's going to be a real problem With their step up in competition here They don't even average a goal per match Against other championship level teams They do have a slightly above average offense though. Not going to give you too much About Man United here Because the real reason that we're following them Is for the minnow watching And we will see on Sunday If the Manchester United giant shall be slain match number seven let's hop back across the pond for another sunday match on the women's side of the ball once again liga mx femenil which just like their male counterparts is in the clausura part of the season they are about halfway through the single round robin stage No Women's CONCACAF Champions League yet in existence, but I believe this is going to be changing in the fairly near future. So they're not playing for any international berths, just the glory of getting into and hopefully winning their own domestic playoffs. The top eight teams will make it into that. Your matchup, number B, Guadalajara Chivas versus number one, Monterey. Monterey currently lead the Chivas by two. The league is a pretty young one, so the series doesn't have a a big record for either size yet, if you will. Monterey have a 2-1-1 record the last couple of seasons. Guadalajara, they actually play out of the city, I presume, suburb of Zapopan in the northwest part of the metro. It is the... uh, number two sized city, actually, in all of the state of Jalisco, having about one and a half million. So I say suburb, but it really is kind of its own city. And yet it's an interesting one. 75% of the land there is actually still devoted to agriculture and livestock, livestock rather. But that said, that only accounts for something like 3% of the employment. The big industries there are stuff like, uh, They build uh, parts for Jaguars. Uh, They do stuff for Coca-Cola. And those are big names, and that's had a big effect. This is the second richest city in the country behind San Pedro uh, Garza of uh, Monterey. The club was founded in 2016, same league that same year that the league was. In the 2022-23 Apertura stage, they beat Monterey for number one in the regular season by one point, and then they lost in the playoff semifinal. This stage, very well balanced, top four offense, top three defense, only giving up two-thirds of a goal on average per match. They've got a top three goal differential to go with that. Key player to look for with them. Tied for number five in league scoring with six netted on the year is Alicia Cervantes. She plays forward for them. She actually played for Monterey between 2018 and 2020, and she has made 10 women's national team appearances since 2021. And she was the top First division scorer in the entire world in 2021. So looking even in a tough matchup like this for them, uh, for the team to be helping Alicia add to that total of six. She is a force to be reckoned with. Team's current form, they are one of just three undefeated teams and they only have one draw in the year so far. And now, Monterey, they actually play out of the eastern suburb of Guadalupe, which has uh, maybe about 700,000 in the city proper, but the overall major metro area, just for them, is about 4 million. They've won the league title two different times, most recently, 2020, 2021, Clausura Stage. They are sitting on a 28-1 and goal differential. And yet, amazingly, neither they nor the team they're playing today are the one that's number one in goal differential in the entire league. It's a very top-heavy league so far. I'm just glad that there are at least like three clubs that are vying for the title effectively. The number one team, by the way, in in terms of goal differential is Club de America. Uh, Monterey lead them uh, by four points right now, I believe. Key player to look for tied for number B in scoring with nine is Christina Birkenrode, Mexican forward, born and raised here in the U.S., but she has dual citizenship. She hasn't made any appearances for them, but she has been called up by the national team. So I'm sure senior apps will be coming. She actually started her career in Orlando in the NWSL, but when they got Alex Morgan a couple years back and had to make room for her, this was the poor girl who ended up getting cut in her favor. Team's current record, they are a perfect 9-0-0 on the season so far. Match number eight. You get Monday and Tuesday off this particular week, New bites, you've earned it. That was a lot of tracking, wasn't it? Sure, and a lot of previewing. So we fast-forward to Wednesday for our eighth match. It's time for the first round of the U.S. Open Cup. The match we're going to look at is Chicago House, and they are taking on Bavarian United. The winner will get to go on to the next round, of course, well, they will play one of the many teams that got a bye, and that is a third-tier team from here in the U.S. from the league called League One that we discussed briefly earlier, a team called Forward Madison. Now, Chicago House, an interesting club name. It was the winner of a bracket tournament, uh, a bracketed tournament that they had for fans and people in the community that they got to vote on. And for whatever reason, they decided to do one they had to do with the actual music style. Chicago House, which I didn't I've heard of Baltimore House, I didn't even know that there Was a Chicago House They play at, uh, their home field Is at the Illinois Institute of Technology in Chicago I believe previously they might have been playing In Bridgeview, but I'm fairly confident This is where they're hosting that game The club was just founded a couple years ago 2020, and they play in the Tier 3 Midwest Premier League Uh, Their owner Interestingly, Peter Wilt Actually co-founded Forward, Madison, and he came over and started this particular one. I believe the first year that they were in existence, they played in the other tier league here in the U.S., the NISA, NISA. But last year, I know that they played in this league. And they did not play in the U.S. Open Cup last year. You have to qualify for it. And now, the actual reason that I picked this particular match is because uh, Bavarian United, who play out of Milwaukee, by the way, they won the U.S. Amateur Cup last year. And they therefore they get automatic qualifying here into the U.S. Open Cup. In that final, they beat a team called Northern Virginia from the Tier Four League two nil to one, and that was their sixth title historically. They've been around a very long time. Uh, Bavarian United, by the way, plays in the U.P.S.L. and that uh, effectively is a D four league. Uh, 2021 Milwaukee Bavarian was the name of a club, and it merged with another one called North Shore FC. So if you've never heard of Bavarian, even as perhaps a potential ardent U.S. soccer fan, perhaps you're not as new as me, that might be why you're not as familiar with it. Simply being called Bavarian United is fairly new for them. They just joined League Two for the 2023 season that hasn't quite started. I mentioned that they were in the UPSL. That is now past tense they're joining this new one. Their last US Open Cup appearance was in 2013. A couple of times in the early mid-90s, they uh, finished in second place and finished in the uh, semifinals respectively in this event. So they've got some real history here. Match number nine. And now we march onward into the last day of our soccer week for the last two matches. Thursday and match number nine, we're going to talk well, not very much really, about the European Championships. The Euros 2024 group stage qualification is just beginning. This is going to be a very, very long process. So I'm not feeling overly compelled to tell you more than that. You know, everything is starting up. I think that the most intriguing matchup here early on, because one of the two teams will probably go forward and not the other one. Uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina will be taking on Iceland. I think that's going to be uh, the one that I will follow on TV or on a streaming device if I have access to it. But as I said, I'm not going to tell you much about it because this is the time of show where we traditionally take a culture break, where we use our study of soccer as an excuse to learn a little bit of something non-soccer about the world. This is going to be an abbreviated version. Usually I do a recipe. This time I have something much shorter, because I've always wondered about the full name Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, Bosnia is most likely a hydronym, which is, you know, literally breaks down uh, from Latin or Greek, I think Latin, yeah, um, to water name. So. Bostas or Bosas, there's, I think, uh, some disagreement on what the exact name of the river was at the time that the name Bosnia ended up coming into being, but it's named after a river that runs through the country. And then on the other side, we have Herzegovina, which I might have mispronounced earlier, uh, but I'm getting my emphasis on the right syllables this particular time. Uh, Herzegovina translates to Duke's Land, a Herzog was uh, or is the, I believe, Slavic word for a duke there, and then the rest of it means land. And then nobody is called a Herzegovinian or whatever other demonym you might uh, be able to conjure up in your own imagination. Everyone from the country is just called Bosnian. And match number 10, we're done. Finally! Match number 10 provides me with a chance to perhaps confuse you just the tiniest bit be paying attention unless you don't care about the particulars in which case just let the soothing sound of my voice wash over you like the contents of my bucky's mug watered down lemonade the nectar of the elderly Uh, our 10th match CONCACAF Nations League, so right here back to our own region once again, this tournament is a qualifier for the Gold Cup, which is the equivalent of like the Euros over in Europe. It is our Confederations or Continental Championship. Now, the Nations League is actually comprised of three different leagues, A, B, and C. And within each of those leagues, there are multiple groups and no teams from any of the groups play any of the teams from any other group. Not just the league, but even the groups are self-contained and they're very small. All the teams that are in League A currently get to go to the Gold Cup in some capacity, no matter what happens. The last place finishers do have to start in a preliminary round. The other ones do not. In League B, the top two teams... Uh, the top two teams from that league go to the Gold Cup, and then not, but not the other ones, not the other one or two from each group. And then the top teams in each group in League C go to the Gold Cup, and only the top teams, and they have to start in the preliminary round. Now, in the last iteration of this particular event, there was promotion and relegation. If you won your group, then that meant that you got to move up and somebody else was going to be coming down. That is on hold. Here for one particular season, the matchup that looked most fun to me was St. Martin versus St. Kitts and Nevis. They are in League C, the bottom one, and in Group B, not that the lettering really matters. There are three teams in this group, and they will play a home and away double round robin. Here's how the table looks right now because this started a while back, but then they have long gaps in tournaments like this. Aruba. And St. Kitts and Nevis are tied on four points. And then St. Martin have two points. So this is probably the tightest group going right now. Uh, But advantage to St. Kitts and Nevis, they have a match in hand on both these teams right now. These two, of course, have already played once. And when it was in St. Kitts and Nevis, they only managed a 1-1 draw there at their own place. Uh, This match won't actually be played in St. Martin, by the way. It'll be played in uh, Anguilla. Now, Saint Martin. Let's talk about them first as the home team on paper. Anyway, they have a very interesting nickname. They are called the Saint Swallows. I, I'm not sure I quite understand the pairing. Uh, you know, pick one or the other. Either one would be fine. I've seen both of those mascots before. Now, St. Martin is actually a French territory, is one half of uh, this island duo of nations. The other one is St. Martin, which I believe is Dutch. But because they are a French overseas territory, uh, this is not a FIFA member, but they do get to play in CONCACAF competitions, obviously. Uh, they are ranked just number 37 out of the 41 uh, countries or territories within CONCACAF In terms of their national team As you would guess, they've never qualified For the Gold Cup Crocker In fact, back when the Caribbean Cup was a thing They never even qualified for that Events group stage in seven different Tries 2019-20, the last Nations League They went 3-0-3 and Here against competition uh, On their level Right now they are 0-2-1 And have only managed one goal A 1-4 and goal differential uh, I can't tell you a lot about the players on this team in terms of ability, but I can at least tell you that the most capped player they have, and he's got either 15 or 20. Those I found conflicting sources. A gentleman named Yannick Belchassi, or Belchase, and he plays forward for them. Uh, he actually, or not well, he plays forward for them and for a team called Limers in Anguilla. Team's core inform, they went 1-1-1 one, one, one in friendlies this year. And now St. Kitts and Nevis, they are known as the Sugar Boys. Don't forget to spell it with a Z on the end because so many of these smaller countries' clubs seem to be trapped in the 90s when it comes to their nomenclature, wherever they are in the world. Uh, They have never qualified for a World Cup. They've never qualified for a Gold Cup. They are ranked number 22 in CONCACAF, just a little bit below average, but the region's a bit top-heavy, as you might imagine. They're actually rated higher than several teams that are a full league up in League B, but they got relegated uh, from the last time, so that's why they're down here. These would be my favorites to go on and uh, win the group, even if they didn't have a match in hand. Uh, their last Nations League, they went 1, 2, and 3. 1997 was their best ever international finish, I believe, in any competition. They finished in second place in the Caribbean Cup. In this particular event, they've just played two games so far, 1-1-0 with a 4-3 and goal differential. They only trail Aruba by one on goal differential, in fact. Their most capped player, who does some time at center back and some in the midfield, is Gerard Williams, who plays for a club called TRAU, which is a Division II team in India. Yeah, so that's got to be, what, four or five connecting flights, I would think, to probably get to where he's playing, going back and forth. Uh, and he's done a lot of it if he's been over in Indian along because he's earned 75 team caps since 2006. I wouldn't have even thought they'd played 75 international games over that time. Got a couple USA connections with this team. they got a defender named Edric Nichols who plays for uh, college ball for the Tampa Spartans, which are a Division two team. And then I've also got another guy who plays midfielder for them named Raheem Somersol, who actually plays in League One here in the States for North Carolina FC. Teams current form of their last three uh, here in uh, 2022, one, one, and one. That included one nation, uh, a couple of nation leagues games and a friendly. Bring forth the bonus matches. Thank you very much to everybody who takes the time to engage with us on Twitter. At the beginning of every single week as Soccer Noob USA, I put up polls with the candidate matches for you to vote on. You do so, and then the dreamy content gets manifest. It is delightful. The first bonus match is a first versus last place affair that we dramatically call the Route, 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 Route of, 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 of the week. Week, week, week. And you have selected a Saturday match from League 2 over in France. Yeah, the second division. Two of the teams are going to get promoted up to League 1 at the end of their season. Four of the 20 teams in this very large league will get relegated down to the Championnat national tier 3 at the end of the year. The matchup, it's not quite a first versus last place matchup, but I want to give a little leeway for teams, or for leagues rather, that have so many teams. So, your matchup number B Bordeaux versus number nineteen second to last place Nimes. Uh, Bordeaux they currently lead number three Sochaux by just one for that second promotion spot up into League One. On the other end of the table, Nimes trail number fifteen Powell, Pau P A U. By four points. And of course, number 15 represents the lowest level they would have to climb to, that would be one of safety, where they would no longer be in the relegation zone. When the two teams played earlier this season, ooh la la, it was actually Nimes protecting their home pitch with a 1 0 win. We're always looking for reasons in this match. Uh, to see if there is any light, any hope for the team that is the serious underdog. But uh, Nimes are not going to be scared of this team at all, not with that victory in hand. And in fact, here in the last couple, three seasons, they have a slight advantage in the overall record against Bordeaux, having accrued a three, one, and two record. Now, Bordeaux, that is a city in the southwest part of the country of maybe a half a million in the city proper, about one and a half million in the overall metro. We all know Bordeaux for its wine. It is one of the wine capitals of the world. But did you know, I did not, that it is also a very big place for the aeronautics industry, anything related to space and military tech You know That's quite a dichotomy, wine and those particular things. Even though they are in League 2, they are actually, because this is a team that yo-yos back and forth some with League 1, they're not ranked that far outside of the top 100 clubs in all of Europe. And just as a fun side note, I discovered that they have an affiliation, some kind of relationship, probably uh, with young players, maybe some coaches training, with a pretty good Argentinian side called Newell's Old Boys. The club here was founded all the way back in 1881 and they were first founded as a club, talk about interesting dichotomies, as a club for gymnastics and shooting. Hopefully they kept those incredibly separate because otherwise, yikes. Of course, you kind of want to keep shooting. Completely separate from any other sport Now that I think about it for the most part Unless the other sport is called shooting back This team has actually won six League One titles And you don't have to go back that far in history To find when they last won one, 2008-2009 That is their only one this century though Uh, Their last European appearance They got to play in the Europa League 2018-2019 season And they made it to the group stage 2009-2010 they made the quarterfinals That's the best they've ever done In that event They've never been past the group stage in the Champions League They ended up in this predicament, though, because they finished in very last place in League 1 last year. Yeah, the drop, zone. they uh, headed that up, so to speak. This year in League 2, their offense is pretty good, but their defense is where their bread is getting buttered. It's top two. They're not even giving up a goal per match. Their goal differential would indicate that they're not probably one of the very favorites to go up, but here they are. Tied for number three in league scoring with 11 on the year is Josh Maja from Nigeria. Plays center forward for them. And then the number four overall statistical player in the league, at least according to the Thought uh, ThoughtMob app that I mentioned earlier, and he's tied for number three in league assists with five, is Vital and Simba. Out of the Democratic Republic of Congo Uh, He's listed as a left back But I have a feeling he does some wing back action Gets up the field some Would be hard to get those assists otherwise Team's current form, they are unbeaten in their last four But their last two matches Have both been draws And they haven't gotten a clean sheet Remember I mentioned their bread and butter in their last five. So maybe they're starting to slip just a little bit. And here they come, salivating nemes to take advantage. That's a city in the south central part of the country, with about 150,000 people is all. This is a big textile city. And I feel a little bit silly, at least for not having made the possible connection here. This is the city in the world that Denim gets his name from. Nimes is N I M E S. So, De Neem, Denim from Nimes Neem or Nimes. They are known as the crocodiles, which I am pretty sure is not an animal that is indigenous to this part of the world. I could be animal noob and be wrong, but somehow I don't think so. That's a strange choice, but at least it's not lions. Long time listeners, I don't know how I feel about that. Four times this team has won. Or rather, no, four times this team has finished in second place in League One, and it's been a minute. 1972 was the last time. Uh, They also won the second division in 1950 and finished in second place in 2018. And when they did that, they got promoted up to League One for the first time since 1992. Last year in this league, they were pretty middle of the road, finished in ninth. This year, the offense actually is a fair bit above average. You're getting a little bit over one goal per match. It's not a super high-scoring league, but they've got the second-to-worst defense going in the league, and that puts their goal differential in the same place. I'm not sure that there is a ton of hope for this team, but, boy, getting a point or even three points on the road this match would do a lot to proving me wrong. They do have a top-10 score that they can hang their head on. Ten goals on the year for Malik Chokond, uh t- Sorry, I should have practiced this one. T-C-H-O-K-O-U-N-T-E. Chokonte, he plays center forward for them, a Frenchman, 34-year-old veteran. Their best overall player, I believe, is probably Jens Jakob Thomassen, though, out of Denmark. A defensive midfielder for them. Doesn't get a lot of clearances, interestingly. Makes me wonder if he's uh, vertically challenged, but just quick as a lightning bug. Lots of interceptions. Quick as a lightning bug? Is that an expression? Well, it is now. Congratulations to me. Uh, he's a really good tackler and a very good passer and worth watching if you can find this one someplace like BN Sports. I know they do a lot of French football. Team's current form, they just won a match 2-0 versus number 8, Couvet, which looks like Kevley if you've ever seen their uh, seen that table, but it is Couvet, if I'm getting the French right. That snapped a three-match losing streak for them. Could you be the most meaningless, meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. could. You're it's so boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was able to wake up the person noob just long enough for us to sing together a rip off that Prince song once again. Or it could be pre-recorded, you be the judge. In any events, you have selected a Saturday match from the african An um, enclaved nation within South Africa of Lesotho. Yeah, cool little mountainous country, completely surrounded by the country of South Africa. Their Premier League is not even ranked within uh, the CAF, which is the Continental Association for Africa. But that's not too unusual. They don't rank about 40% of. The league's there just because the teams don't get enough international play to make it worthwhile. That tells you a little bit probably about the teams in this league, especially given that it's such a small country. But, hey, we love the high drama anywhere, although will we find it in the match of uh, meaninglessness? Probably not. They're about three quarters of the way through the season. Only the winner will get to go to the Champions League. Three of the 16 teams will be relegated at the end of the year. Yes, in fact, a tiny little microstate like Lesotho does, in fact, have a second division. But two teams that don't have to worry about any of that business are number seven, Lijabatho. They are playing host to number eight, Machuca. Uh, Lijabatho, they trail number one Bantu by 15 points. They're not catching up. They lead Machoka by seven. There's a real gap between these two. They could almost have played two separate leagues, quite frankly. Machoka lead number 14, uh, Mezzanod Swallows by 13 points, and that represents the best team that's still in the relegation zone. So, you know, they're not going to be playing in D2 next year. When the two teams played earlier this season, it was Lijabatho that got the road win 0-1. I don't have a lot for you about either of these teams. As You might imagine uh, uh, Lesothan football uh, information in droves was uh, not too easy to find. I can tell you that the name probably uh, doesn't mean this unless it means workers' party or something. But I know in one of the local languages, Zosa, X-H-O-S-A, it means... It's a job, according to uh, Google Translate. So it might be uh, some sort of uh, company or workers team would be my best guess, if in fact that is the etymology. They play out of a town called Marija, which is about 20 miles south of the capital of Maseru, about 10,000 people. And it's a very important city within this little country. They nickname it the Wellspring of Learning. There's a really nice museum there that's very famous regionally and has a lot of the artifacts and documents for the entire country all right there. Last year they finished in 7th place in this league They've got uh, the 6th best offense It's not too bad Their defense is a little bit better And I think this is a team that will actually con- climb a couple of notches uh, They're only giving up a little bit more than uh, a goal every other match on average Team's current form They just had a 2-match win streak snapped In a 2-1 to loss at number B, LDF And now, Machoka In Zosa, that means they are deaf I am going to go out on a very, very uh, girthy limb and say that that is not the etymology for the club name. There is another local language called uh, Nyanja in which I found it translated as alone. So I, I can sort of see a loose translation to it kind of being the opposite of united. They stand alone, you know. Probably something along those lines They actually play out of the capital city Of Maseru proper They won the second division last year So good on them for being good enough to be in the match uh, The most meaningless match Instead of the third match, which we'll get to shortly. You'll see what I mean, newer listeners. Uh, Their defense is the real bugaboo this year. They're at number 13, giving up a full goal and a half per match in a league that isn't all that high scoring. They've got the number 12 goal differential. I do think that this team gets enough offense, um, you know, that they can stay well out of the relegation zone. They'd have a long ways to drop anyway. Team's current form. Uh, they're winless in their last six and they've lost two straight and they've given up two or more goals in each of their last four matches. I have a feeling that they're not slipping so much as that uh, that's a product of that. They have simply played teams from the top half of the league a little bit more lately. Oh, so appropriately the 13th match for your final match of this in every podcast. And why not? Because this is the match of. Disappoint. And the cellar dwellers that you have voted for will, for some unexplicable reason, although I guess it's the schedule, will actually go to the trouble of playing on Tuesday. They are from the Premier League of Sudan, the number eight ranked league in all of Africa. No thanks to these egg suckers. We don't even have to worry about the, uh, how many teams are going to get to go to Champions League or anywhere else. Three of the 18 teams are going to get relegated, and these two are prime candidates, I assure you. They're over halfway through the season. And your worst team, number 18, Rabita or Rabita Kosti, I found it for, uh, two different ways, uh, versus number 17, Alzoma Khartoum. Um Alzoma, they lead Rob to by six on goal differential They are equally bad in terms of points actually earned in the table And they trail number 15, Kober, by five So, you know, not the biggest mountain that they have to climb In terms of getting out of the drop zone But it's still not looking really likely They've had over a half a season to prove themselves And they have not All right, let's talk about Costi first um, the name Rabata means coming together. So this might be another one that is sort of like united. The city is Kosti. That's about 200 miles south of the capital city of Khartoum, uh, largely famous for its big sugar refinery there that is easily the largest employer. The city Kosti, if that doesn't necessarily sound African. It's because it's not. I had not realized till doing a little bit of research on this Uh Country that uh, the Greeks While they didn't exactly colonize it They have had a huge influence On the uh, country's history Especially in terms of economics This city is named for a Greek Merchant whose last name was Kostas with a K Uh, So sort of interesting nomenclature That they haven't changed that over the years I can't say for sure But by all appearances They were in the second division last year I believe that they won it I know they've won it somewhat recently this year. Uh, the offense or the defense is bad enough, but the offense is where they really are just putrid. Uh, they're barely getting over a goal per uh not per match, but every other match on average. That is tied for the worst offense in the league, and they do in fact have the worst goal differential. And now for Alzoma or Alzuma, which I think it might be named for. I, I couldn't find. Much information at all about this particular team. I do know that there is an Alzuma, as opposed to Alzoma, uh, that is an archaeological site and village that's about 400 kilometers north of Khartoum. Whether or not they're actually named for that, I'm not sure. But given that you know, uh, you know, letter letters and pronunciations uh, change when you're Latinizing various things from you know from many other non-Latin language, you can have you know letters get replaced or switched out like that they too were not in division 1 last year so it's possible they won the sec- second division um i my best guess is that they won a regional league and got to move up but didn't win the overall second division title their defense is actually almost average ooh tied for number 9 in that regard giving up just over a goal per match uh, the offense is the problem. They're only tied for number 15 in that regard. And when you combine the two, their goal differential ranks even worse. So I wouldn't bet money on this team getting relegated. Uh, truth be told, looking at those stats, but they're going to be flirting with the possibility for the remainder of the season. Team's current form, though, hey, they're trending the right direction. 1-2-0 and with a 2-1 goal differential over that stretch. And despite it sounding like we're finishing on a little bit of a high note for them, Nah, doesn't matter. We are still going to dismiss them in our traditional fashion by heckling them away. Off with you now. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible them away. Hey, boo. Boo. And that's a wrap on Soccer New Rock in America featuring the sleepy one, Person Noob. Thank you very much to her for all of her pre-recorded efforts and everything she's provided over the course of the history of this show, of course, and for not snoring in the background here because she's in the same room. As well, thank you to he is known as the management for all of his editing and production wizardry to Dan the Interno Inferno, whose contributions remain on fire as always. And thank you to you for finding us. Very much appreciate your discovering and listening to us and hope that you will be inclined to pass this along to your footy minded friends until we can do it again in a few days. Have yourselves please a fabulous footy week. Take care.